Coming up, today's guest is the CFO at Hutch Games, and he shares when is it the right time to hire a CFO, how CFOs and UA teams should interact, and lastly, trends that he's seen in the mobile gaming space. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Pollen VC gives app developers early access to their app store and advertising revenues, enabling them to scale quickly and efficiently without relying on outside funding, and more importantly, giving up their equity. Learn more at pollen.vc. Looking for a platform to manage, optimize, and track your marketing campaigns all in one single dashboard? Well, more than 25,000 apps, including some of the biggest brands, have implemented Adjust's solutions, so you should too. Learn more at adjust.com slash appmasters. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of appmasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to the app business. So today, We've got a phenomenal guest, and this is in collaboration with Pollen.vc. So what Pollen does is they're going to give you early access to your app stores and ad network revenues. They're going to unlock this, but this will be a podcast on the Pollen blog and obviously on the podcast on the App Masters YouTube channel and podcast as well. So without further ado, let me introduce the guest. He's, I've got a Super excited to talk to them because you've probably seen a lot of their games. And we're going to talk all about finances and CFO related topics. But without further ado, his name is Peter Hansen Chambers. He is the CFO at Hutch. You can learn more about Hutch by just going to hutchgames.com. Peter, welcome to the show. Thanks for inviting me. Nice to be all right. here. All right, Peter. So let's just, I'll give you a softy. Like, what's your role? At Hutch, like what keeps you up at night? What are you focused on? Uh, um, well, there's a lot. Um, nothing's keeping me up too late uh, at the moment, which is good. Um, we've got uh, we've got quite a bit going on. Um, we've just launched, I think it was our tenth title um, a bit earlier this year. We did a collaboration, um, a deal with Formula One. Um, so that's been a big deal for us, uh, getting that out, getting that right. Um, but in terms of what do I do, um, um, I mean, primarily looking after the finances, um, looking after um, other important functions like HR and legal, um, and we do a lot of partnerships, so I end up working on a lot of deals with external parties. Um, so yeah, it, my day tends to be quite varied, um, but uh, that keeps it interesting. That's really cool. So F1 Manager, right? That's the game you're referring to? That's right, that yeah. I'll put that in the show notes too if you guys want to check it out. It's F1 Manager. The And I want to definitely get into some of these partnership side and how you guys have been able to do that. The first topic I want to really talk about is, you know, a lot of our audience, they talk, they're founders. And so they're handling the UA, they're handling the finances, they're handling the HR. When should they start maturing and hire a professional CFO like yourself? Um, I, I guess it does depend on the, the business and the expertise that the founders have. Um, I think for Hutch, 
it felt like the right time as we went through a financing round. Um, we did a Series A round in 2016. Um, and um, I mean, prior to that, they had some seed investment. Um, but as we you know, brought in um, you know, sort of, you know, other investors, I think expectations changed. We needed to, um, you know, if we were going to grow the business, we needed to have more focus on various functions in the company um, and, I, and I think that's probably the time when most companies need to look at bringing in somebody that is able to really sort of get into the weeds, uh, looking at process and, and um, yeah, really owning that space sort of day to day. Um, and I think for us that, you know, we, we it wasn't immediate, but very quickly we sort of moved from being, I think, you know, sort of firefighting, literally just trying to work out who we're paying, when we're paying things, to being much more strategic about um, different types of finance that we were going to exploit, um, being more creative for user acquisition, um, and um, and growing the business ultimately, which you know was what we were striving to achieve. Do you have any advice for founders early on who may be just about to raise their Series A as well to be like, hey, here's some things you should have in order before me, Peter, professional CFO, comes on board and really helps you guys out? Like, are there common mistakes that you see founders make? Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's really important to understand, um, you know, to have a clear story and be able to like communicate where you're trying to take the business. Um, you know, you've got to have the you know, a really clear vision and mission. Um, and I think investors, you know, they typically, you know, when they're, they're hearing a lot of pitches and they have short attention spans, you know, they, they really want to understand what you're trying to do really quickly. And I think, um, yeah, trying to, to hone that is, is probably the most important thing. Um, and then... And then obviously it's, it's trying to identify, I guess, your strengths and weaknesses and, and not being afraid of that because, um, you know, if you identify them, then you can address them. Are there any other milestones that founders should look at? So for Hutch, you know, you guys raised your Series A, you came on board. Are there other milestones besides just raising that Series A that you think, you know, would help other founders be like, okay, I'm at the right revenue milestone to bring on a professional to really help me out? I mean, are there other milestones that you can think of? Um, I think, I mean, there, there are definitely there are definitely moments in a business um, where you start to assess the way that you do things. So, for instance, um, getting to a position where you can really start pushing UA um, is is really interesting. Um, and I think, you know, we got to a point in I think it was towards the end of 2016 where our user acquisition started to go really well, and we started to invest more in that team, um, not just in terms of user acquisition professionals, but also um, marketing um, artists and people that could create assets where we could invest in um, that knowledge and expertise in house rather than rely on external parties. Um, that has felt like probably the most fundamental moment for the business, I think. Um, other than that, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's, it's probably case by case and depends on the product. Sure. The 
along that UA standpoint, Peter, what we're really interested, especially on the pollen side, is we've been, we've been very fascinated about how UA managers should really interact with CFOs and the finance team. Because I know you, Peter, you correct me if I'm wrong, okay? Call BS on me, but you've got a plan. Here's, you know, here's the budget. Here's everything that you sort of plan. And then UA managers are like, hey, let me see if this works, right? Like, oh, this is working, Peter. I need more money. And then you, you kind of have to adjust. So what's the best way for a CFO to interact with some of the UA people? Yeah, I mean, daily communication is, I think, you know, just really important. I mean, it sounds just really simple and, and maybe not that exciting, but um, <laughs> I mean, we are, <laughs> yeah, we are we are constantly, you know, for us, you know, we, we do have a budget and we are looking at the numbers. We're, we're constantly assessing like, how much we spent versus how much we forecast. How is that performing? Um, and obviously, you're always hoping that things are, you know, are going to go crazy. Um, but, you know, I think, yeah, I, I mean, it is a dynamic place, right? There's things are changing all the time. Asset performance is changing daily. Um, and I think, you know, for me, we haven't had too many surprises. Um, you know, you, you'll, you'll get the odd asset that might go a little bit crazy. Um, but it hasn't, we haven't really had any problems in terms of managing um, cash um, as a result because I think we've had that daily communication and we've always been on the front foot. So when we've sort of perceived that a game is starting to lift off, you know, we've been able to do things and stay ahead of the curve. Um, I don't want to promise that that will always be the case because you never know. But um, I think so far we've been uh, doing a reasonable job of that. That's really cool. Is it the do you sort of have that baked into your plans where you're like thinking, Hey, if this takes off, I've got a plan B. So it's the job of a good CFO to kind of plan that out too. Like if this really works, I can move some money around too. Yeah, definitely plan B and C lined up in the back yeah. pocket. <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about daily communication, Peter, are you using any tools or just like, Hey, Peter, I need to talk to you. Let's go grab lunch every day or let's go grab coffee every day. It's definitely a bit easier in the, um, yeah, in the earlier days, it was maybe a bit more organic like that. But um, but no, I mean, you know, we, we, you know, daily updates, you know, via Slack, you know, just to you know, let us know sort of how things performed the previous day, um, and then and then yeah, I mean, there is you know, occasional where they need to, you know, I mean, I we, we, we I think we're quite generous with the budget that we give them. We empower our team to make sensible decisions. Um, so it's not a case of people coming and asking for money um, so much, but it, it, I've definitely got a handle on what's happening, and I think that's important. Um, so. Are you in the dashboards every day kind of looking at the UA numbers too, making sure that the, it's properly working? Or Yeah, yeah, we have a, a user, uh, sorry, a, um, a growth and insight team, sort of a BI uh, sort of function, um, and they are constantly reviewing performance of different cohorts. So they're sharing that information and you know, we can get under, under the skin of how you know, some of this spend is working on different channels, which um, yeah, it's, uh, it really helps. You know, it's one of the things I really want to talk to you about, Peter, is some of that licensing stuff. So you've got, I mean, I'm looking over your LinkedIn, truthfully, but you've got some amazing experience. You worked for licensing with PlayStation, Natural Motion, Dovetail Games. Like talk to me about how you sort of think about licensing? How do you approach it? What are like, you know, for as a beginner like myself, like, give me some tips. I don't know. I don't know where to even start. <laughs> um, I mean, 
yeah, it's, it's a it's definitely an interesting place. Uh, I mean, I've personally enjoyed it quite a lot. You know, working with these different brands um, and and having the opportunity to, um, to sort of bring them to life in games, it's uh, it's a privilege. Um, but I think you know, for for me, it's about finding the right brand um, with the right philosophy and connecting that with the right team. Um, and um, you know, at Hutch, we we really we really believe in empowering our teams and getting them to solve problems. So rather than it being like a top-down, us telling them what to do, we've got this license to go and make this game. Um, you know, I think that that approach typically fails. You know, we, we, we've spent a lot of time trying to get our teams to understand brands. So, you know, when we did it, we did a deal with Mattel a couple of years ago and uh, we sent the whole game team out to LA uh, to sort of really get under the skin of what Hot Wheels was all about. We, we kind of had this idea in, in England as to you know, what Hot Wheels was about and, and um, Mattel put us straight and uh, you know, gave us a, you know, some insight that was really valuable for when the guys actually started working on the, on the product. Um, so for us, it was very much about trying to really deliver on the promise of the brand. And I think quite often with licensing, you get a lot of people that sort of take an approach of just slapping a sticker on a game and yeah, you know, this is the, you know, whatever it might be, the Barbie game. And um, I think, it, you know, that those, those types of deals often disappoint. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I personally um, think it's, it's really important to sort of, establish strong relationships, identify the right team, make sure that team's got the right strengths to you know, deliver um, the right experience. Um, and, um, and that's the best way really to, to work with a brand. How do you think about it from a, who's a good licensing partner? Are you looking at trends? Are you thinking, you know, like what's coming next? This would be a good licensing partner for us. I mean, you guys got some tremendous success with Hutch. So it's like, I almost think from the outsider's perspective, you can probably get a licensing deal with anybody. Uh, yeah, I'd love to think so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think I'll it, say it, Peter, okay? You uh, can't. I appreciate that, Steve. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, it sounds a little bit simplistic, but it, it definitely is quite reliant on the people involved. So, um, you know, these are relationships at the end of the day and if a brand um is you know the, the, the people behind it either don't care about the games or they're quite awkward about the way that you're going to sort of collaborate then it's probably not going to deliver the greatest experience and i think the best executions have come where you know the the brand is really forward thinking people that are taking the time to understand like what you're trying to do, um, they don't. They don't try and tell you what to do. They they, they sort of empathise with you know your challenges, and um, and that would deliver the best results. So you know at the moment we're working with Formula One. Um, I think they've been a great partner for us. They've um, there's been a lot of change there over the last year or so. If, if you don't know, um, and new owners seem to be. I think seem to really understand the challenge they have ahead of them in terms of growing that, um, going their audience sort of further. Um, they're, they're mindful of new technologies and the way that people consume uh, media. Um, and they've been a really, you know, a really great partner for us to work with. And I think um, 
yeah, I think that is the type of partner that you you, you always hope to work with. So we'll see. I say that there's lots of there's lots of times we've talked spoken to people before we decided we don't want to work with them because it's just going to be hard work and that's probably not going to deliver the best game. Um, so yeah, relationships is is sort of fundamental. But I mean, sort of coming back a little bit to your question, um, I mean. When it comes to identifying brands, I guess, um, you know, for us at Hutch, we are focused on racing. So yeah. there is a there's, a there's a clear pool that we are um, we're working within um, and some kind of obvious um, opportunities, I guess. Um, but sometimes, you know, you, you, you're kind of limited by, I don't know, other releases that have come out in the past and you, it maybe makes that difficult to, um, to leverage. Um, sometimes it's, you, you recognize that you don't necessarily have the, um, the right expertise to necessarily take something off. So that kind of rules something else out. Um, and then it just depends on the ambition of the, uh, of the licensor. So there's a few things to consider. Got it. The, sorry, my family just walked in. <laughs> the, the other thing I want to move on to a little bit too is these big companies that like, you know, Formula One, are they, if I'm a newbie on this and I want to look through LinkedIn, I'm like, all right, who's the Formula One person I should be talking to about licensing agreement? Are there any tips around that you can give? Like, is it just literally like licensing partner at Formula One? Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it varies. It depends who, you know, which company you're talking to. Some of them will have like specific licensing departments um, where they kind of live and breathe these sort of external partnerships and um, sometimes you talk to lawyers sometimes you're talking to marketing people um, yeah it, it really sometimes you're talking to CEOs I mean it really does depend um, but um, but yeah I would say probably that the bigger companies um, you know that the really sort of strong established brands are probably you know supported by licensing departments that's really cool. Hey, Peter, just, you know, from a macro level, what are you kind of seeing in the mobile gaming space? You know, where do you think things are kind of headed? I'm not very good at predicting stuff. I'm kind of like, this is what's happening now. This looks cool. But what are you kind of, what are you thinking about further on? Um, I, th I mean, I think, you know, for, I think for Hutch at the moment, we're really excited about um, drilling in further into sort of community and, leveraging the sort of social strengths that accompanies games. I think, um, you know, mobile games are becoming more sophisticated. Um, they definitely require sort of features that support sort of social play. Um, that aside, I think the emergence of subscription is, uh, is interesting. Um, obviously, Google are going one way and Apple are going another. Um, so we'll kind of see who gets it right, but um, but yeah, I mean, I I suspect it's not going to be you know too radical. I think five G will probably um, help with sort of streaming, um, and and that maybe become um, something that's more prevalent. But um, I'm not expecting um, too many changes in sort of short to to medium term. When you say community, is it just about sort of harvesting and building a community behind a game? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, I mean, we've done in the past quite a lot of casual games that haven't necessarily had like 
real strong communities. Um, we've obviously got fans, um, but the games are quite, I say, quite, quite casual. Um, whereas our more recent titles, like for instance, Top Drives, have really engaged a sort of audience that live and breathe cars and car content and they're passionate about the game and they play it every day and they know more about the game probably than we do um, it's um, it's really interesting um, and we are investing more time and effort people into really engaging with that audience um, trying to do more for them to give them the game that they want um, and to, to really give them the features that they you know, want to see sort of going forward so you know, as I say, it's not necessarily, you know, particularly innovative, but I think, um, you know, in the games industry as a whole, I think it's quite, um, it's quite different for racing um, on mobile. I don't think there's, um, a lot of racing games have typically been quite casual. Um, and I, I think the intensity that we've identified is, is quite, um, yeah, it's, it's quite uh, interesting and, um, and valuable. Okay, last question. What are your thoughts on Apple Arcade? Uh, I mean, <laughs> Apple typically doesn't get much wrong, so I suspect um, I suspect there will be um, an audience that will really appreciate those titles. I think it's an interesting business model. Um, it's, it's definitely different. I think it's very consumer-friendly. Um, family friendly as well, which I think actually is quite important in um, this day and age. Um, whether, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. It's, um, they, they're definitely working with developers in a different way, which um, I, I'm, I'll be interested to see if they tweak that in the future. But um, but we'll see. It's the start of an exciting journey for them, I guess. All right, Peter. Before we hit the big finish, I do want to thank my sponsor adjust.com look if you're looking for an analytics attribution tool that's going to help you really think about ua in a smart way before you bring on someone like peter to really help you scale even further well go check them out it is adjust.com and use that slash dot app masters so that they know that you heard it on this very podcast but they've got this all-in-one solution that's going to really help you know your numbers figure out what's working figure out what's not working and then really try to scale that and then check out paul and peace paul and vc if you want to scale even further. So once again, it is adjust.com slash app masters, adjust.com slash app masters. Peter, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us one app. We definitely should check out. Um, I mean, it's not particularly, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure um, it's going to be that innovative, but I'm spending a lot of time on empires and puzzles at the moment. Um, that game is uh, definitely sucking up a lot of my time. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, and in terms of like a non-game app, um, something that um, I sort of found a couple of months ago that I'm, I'm quite uh, quite into is um, an app called Free Trade. Um, so just dealing shares, um, but I really like the UI, uh, UX. It's um, it works really well for me. So yeah, that one time free and trade. Uh, so it's just called Free Trade. Free Trade. Okay, that's interesting. I like that. You ever look at a game, you're like, oh, they could be monetizing so much better if they did this one thing, or they could be retaining me so much better if they did this one thing? Um, yeah, occasionally from time to time. I mean, I say we've definitely not uh, got all the answers. But 
it's free to play, so I, I definitely don't want to do anyone down. But yeah, I mean, I think um, we all, uh, you know, when you're when you you know so, so close to the trees, it's difficult to um, you know, sort of identify some opportunities. But um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, the way we try to sort of navigate those things is really by you know, constantly testing and seeking user feedback and, and, and trying to get external validation on, um, on what works, what doesn't work. I'm sure everybody's doing the same. I love it. Peter, what's a lesson that took you the longest to learn and doesn't have to necessarily be, it's a life question. It could be a life question if you want to take it more of a philosophical life answer. Oh, wow, lesson that took the longest to learn. Um, I think, I mean, it's interesting. When I came to Hutch, um, you know, one of the things that was, um, you know, they, were, they, they stressed was about empowering the team. And that did feel like quite an alien concept, um, really having worked in organizations where very top-down and sort of traditional hierarchy. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know about the longest to learn, but it definitely took some adjustment to sort of understand the value of that, um, why it works and, you know, sort of, how um, it can help sort of teams to sort of flourish. Um, and I think, um, yeah, I'm really proud to work in a company where we, uh, we do genuinely try and empower everybody. That's awesome. You guys hiring for anybody? If anybody's listening? Uh, we're, we are hiring. We're about, I think, 12 open roles. So uh, the sound of, uh, of Hutch, check it out. So if you're interested in working for a company that's really going to empower you to really push your career forward is once again, and if you want to check out some of the amazing racing titles, it is hutchgames.com. Peter, if the audience wants to connect with you personally, do you want to send them anywhere else? Uh, I mean, if you want to connect with me personally, I'm on LinkedIn um, or or, uh, reach out on um, my email, peterhc at hutchgames.com. Awesome. So Peter's name will be linked up to his LinkedIn as well. So if you want to check him out and say hi, don't ask for anything yet. Just say hi. Thanks for the amazing content that you put on at Masters and the Paul and VC blog. Peter, thank you so much for taking the time doing this. I heard the little, the calendar thing go off. So I know you got another meeting, but thank you so much for doing this. No worries. Thank you very much, Steve. Nice to talk to you. Thank you guys for watching, listening. I'll see you guys on the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.